That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the passball! Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Utah Jazz come out, out on top of the Atlanta Hawks 111 to 106. We'll get you sound from the podium with Coach Quinn Snyder, sound from the locker room as well. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. And Coach, uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the flow of this game. The first three quarters, uh, not terrific uh, for the Utah Jazz. They played a little bit better there in the in the third quarter had the deficit down to one but then really turned it up in the fourth quarter let's talk about kind of what clicked was it simply donovan and his uh his enforcing his will on this game but it it seemed like they made some nice adjustments defensively as well yeah i felt like they made uh, good adjustments felt uh again lost uh, lost trey a little bit in the first half it made him really earn his points in the second half I do believe the game, in terms of the Jazz winning it, really did come down to Donovan just winning it. Um, you know, it was kind of hanging out there, it was a couple-point game, and Donovan just took it over. But I do believe the the Jazz found something with Joe handling the ball, got Rudy really involved. Uh, Boyan, a pretty quiet 19 points, um, which is crazy, but uh, only one for six from three. Um, again, the, the bench... Uh, had a had a tough night in terms of just being able to get out there and keep the Jazz in the lead. Um, Jazz went down in the first uh, first half, ten points, and were able to get that thing back. But um, certainly, some things you can look at: Donovan finishing, Joe handling the ball, Rudy with a solid game, and feel like there's some things you can build upon. Back to Atlanta we go. Coach Snyder's at the podium. Um, in physical with us offensively, um, which impacted us early. The, you know, the ball stopped, um, but that's you know our determination and force. But that was also obviously how they came out. Um, and, you know, I was happy to see us. You know, stabilize the second half, defend, you know, and, and play with more force offensively. Coach, it seemed like you won, uh, but you did win the um, 50-50 balls. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was the factor in winning the game? That was a big factor. I think more than maybe more than the 50-50 balls, the job that you know Royce was able to do late um, was terrific. I thought we had some really good individual defensive efforts. Um, you know, and I mentioned fouling, but there were a number of situations where we didn't foul. Um, you know, and there, there's they. You know, they take threes, and um, there's situations where there are long rebounds, and those are the things we got to track down um, because they give you an opportunity to go the other way as well. Second game, second straight game that Donovan's really closed in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Um, can you talk about just the way he's kind of let the game come to him in the last Yeah, I think it's, it's one of the reasons I think early that we were a little stagnant um, because, you know, we want him – you know, to be that aggressive and, you know, at the right time in the game, it's hard to do that for, you know, 36, 38 minutes. Uh, 
So for us to be able to move the ball and everybody touch it and have it come back to them, and you know, that's the key for us, just to trust each other. And then obviously at the end of the game, we trust on them. With the three minute drop in, I, was there kind of a more conscious decision to go to the basket in the second half? Um, you know, I, I think that's what was available. Um, you know, it looked that way to me with Donovan, although I didn't ever feel like, I don't, I didn't feel like he hesitated um, to shoot. You know, he sh- I think he shot six of them. Um, but, you know, his ability to get to the rim, um, you know, and that, that's, it's always important, especially when you have a chance to get to the foul line. And you know, there was a lot of things offensively that we didn't recognize. They were, they were switching and some things that we have to do a better job at, at seeing and executing. But the plays that you're describing with Donovan attacking the rim, we did recognize. How feel about the, uh, the overall ball movement? It seemed like it was a little spotty to start with. Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody evaluates our ball movement more than me. Um, and I think our team understands that too. That was kind of my point earlier. A lot of that um, was Atlanta. You know, denying passes, denying they were trying to blow handoffs up, and when that happens, you know you have to you have to think first of all if they're switching, you have to slip and cut, and you know there's other situations where you you need multiple actions, and those things are hard. You know, you, you you're forced to make plays in order to move the ball, and that's why that's why it's hard. You know, but you've got to be determined to do it, and you know those. Those execution situations we have to keep working on. Atlanta played six and twenty-three, but yet still they play hard today. What yeah. what is it about this Hawks team that makes them a hard contender? Well, I mean, they played they played really hard tonight, and they were aggressive defensively. Um, you know, I thought they attacked. They they knocked us back uh, on the defensive end, particularly early in the game. Um, and you know. Young players that play hard, you know, those guys, they just they get better. And obviously, Trey Young's just really hard to guard. And, you know, Jabari had a good night, you know, attacking off the dribble. And, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are capable of making plays. Are you satisfied with the way the te- uh, your team was able to react to uh, the, the defense you just spoke of from Atlanta, being, taking away a lot of the options that they usually try to get to? Yeah, you know, I, I thought, again, we had some really good individual efforts. Rudy obviously made some plays at the end. I thought he, you know, in spite of the foul line and maybe not finishing as much as I think he's capable of, he really he did it when it counted uh, on both ends. And a lot of that for us is communication and we're getting a little bit better at that. There you go, Coach Quinn Snyder. That was Coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, the Jazz come away with a win tonight over the Atlanta Hawks, 111-106. And we've heard that a lot um, from Coach Snyder this year, Tim, talking about when they've struggled on, on both sides of the ball, but particularly on defense. It's, it's about communication, and that's probably a good thing that you hear uh, Coach Snyder talk about getting better. Yeah, it is getting better. Um, and, and I would bet that when the ball movement is the way that they want it and they're kind of in sync offensively, that it's a little easier to be connected on the defensive end. It'd be interesting to kind of chart that. But um, I, I definitely feel like when, they, when they're in sync on one end, it's easier to be in sync on the other. 
Let's uh, check out your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot 47% from the field, 39 of 83. They were 6 of 24 from 3. Uh, they were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 30 points on 12 of 22 shooting. Uh, Donovan also with 5 boards and 5 assists. Rudy Gobert tonight, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 3 block shots. Rudy was 10 of 19 from the line. Rudy went to the line 19 times. Uh, Bogdanovich with 19 points and 9 boards. Uh, Joe Ingles, 14 points, 5 assists, a couple of steals. Uh, Royce O'Neal back in the starting lineup with 5 points and 7 boards, 3 steals for Royce tonight. And by the way, uh, Royce got a lot of the Trey Young assignment tonight. I thought Royce was really good. He, d- he did a good job of just being able to just be present, be there. Um, you know, felt like when he was involved with Trey, it was a little more difficult. Trey's pretty quick, man. He gets by guys, and Royce did a good job of understanding that he has help behind him you know don't don't let him back up and shoot the three but I agree I think Royce did a great job uh, in his time on Trey Trey Young took 11 threes tonight but he only made three so the the game plan of course was to to chase him off of the three-point line don't give him those threes and that's probably why they started Royce on him get somebody who's a little bit bigger than he is to to get him to drive into that uh, into that help you're talking about and and I said this earlier but you know, Trey uh, uh, Young is going to get 30 points. You go, okay, he averages 28. You know, that's probably to be expected. But he had 28 shots. 28 shots to get there. Nine of 28. You'll take that every night. Yeah, that's that speaks to your you know your understanding of, of the game plan. I can't think. Of, I'm just trying to think back through the game, but I can't think of a ton of just wide open looks he had. Right. You know, they did a good job of, of contesting even the shots that he's capable of making. But you contest him. I remember Joe a couple times side contesting or running at him late, and, and with his you know his size and then Joe's length, you know those are those are things that really make a difference. Atlanta shot forty three point three percent tonight, thirty nine of ninety. Um, they uh, let's see here. They were 11 of 29 from three. Uh, Jabari Parker had 23 points coming off the bench, 10 of 16. He uh, he also had nine boards. Jabari played well tonight, and he looks like he's in much better shape. Yeah, he does. I, I cracked on his physical <laughs> appearance as of last year, but I, I agree. I think he looked better tonight. Um, and, and I did make the comment, and he was on kind of track for he's capable of getting you 30 any any night just because of his skill level, but felt like he was really locked in, 10 for 16 from the field, made a really a couple really explosive plays at the rim for dunks. Um, you know, Jabari looked pretty live tonight. Cam Reddish with 14 points tonight. Uh, Kevin Herter. Excuse me, with 17, but with Herter, he was 3 of 7 from 3, so you'll certainly take that from a a deadly shooter uh, like him. And the Jazz defense uh, came up when it mattered the most. A big block uh, by Rudy Gobert there uh, in the final seconds, and, you know, they came through when it counted defensively. And and one thing, Rudy made the comment, and and I've seen it, but then just looking at the numbers, the Jazz have improved incredibly in a short period of time on the glass. I mean, we talked about it early in the season, and they did. They lost the Sacramento Kings game because of a blockout. You know, they had some tough possessions at L.A. on the on the boards, but um, handled the boards great tonight, 53-40, and that's becoming less and less of an issue. The Jazz are doing a good job. Rudy's leading the charge, but you go down the list, 9-7, seven, seven, You know, that, that's kind of gang rebounding. That's what the, this team's going to have to do. And, of course, uh, the Jazz win, and uh, you win. The day after every Jazz win, homer away little caesars is giving you free pizza order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the little caesars app and you will receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code utah jazz
Jazz, all one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz beat the Hawks 111-106. We'll have more straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Post game show, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Uh, there is a game going on currently in the NBA. Actually, a couple games going on right now, but uh, one between uh, two of the NBA's best, the Lakers and the Bucks. There's a minute, uh, let's see here, Tim, a minute 38 to go. Milwaukee on top, 108 101, but uh, Giannis has five fouls. Uh, and is is currently playing, so we'll we'll keep an eye on it for you. The Nets and the Spurs are are also playing, Tim, but that's a, a far less interesting matchup. Yeah, LeBron right there with a pretty costly turnover with the just a little over a minute. Looks like the the Bucks are going to win this one. Second uh, matchup of the doubleheader on TNT, by the way, the Rockets and the Clippers. So pretty good, uh, pretty good pair of matchups there for the national TV uh, broadcast. Tim, let's take a look at the points in the paint tonight, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Uh, tonight, points in the paint. Uh, the Jazz outscored the Hawks, predictably, 62-46. to 46. And without John Collins, I mean, the Hawks just don't, they don't have a whole lot in the way of uh, big men paint presence and uh, and uh, Trey Young usually gets some points in there, but again, he only made nine shots tonight. And that number is actually conservative because of all the free throws that Rudy got too, right? True. So uh, if you if you realize that most of those fouls on Rudy were right at the rim, you know, you almost throw those those points on there as well. But Jazz did a good job of understanding their advantage, and um, and Joe, in, in my mind, really was a big catalyst for this game because it was a game where you really could roll to the basket, see how they're going to play it. They stayed home on shooters and the roll was open and the Jazz continued to go back to it and Rudy did a good job uh, of being a big target and, and getting fouled or, or finishing the shots. Locke mentioned it uh, a few times on the broadcast that uh, this Hawks team is the worst team in the NBA at giving up shots at the rim. So the Jazz obviously knew that coming in and that was a focal point of their offense and they pulled it off quite successfully. Yeah, and it's it's... It was something we talked about in the pregame. You know their their size with Collins out um, and, and their experience. The crazy thing is the starting lineup. The average age is twenty one. Um, that that was a very young group they put out there, and and they played hard. Um, but I think the Jazz uh, just got real serious in the fourth quarter and figured out how to win the game. Yeah, they started three rookies tonight. Uh, and then two second-year players. And Lock and Boone were speculating, and maybe we'll have to look this up, that that's, that's got to be one of the youngest starting lineups in the history of the NBA, right? If not the? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. And 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 hence the 6-23 and 23 now. It's really hard to win, uh, period, but win consistently with, with young, inexperienced players without really kind of 
a veteran backbone, and they just don't really have that. No, they don't. And that's why I'm sure Jazz fans were sweating a little bit in this one is the Jazz. It didn't entirely click. But, you know, this team hasn't entirely clicked. Uh, at. I mean, I think they have at various times during the season. I mean, a, f- a few times will jump out at you. You know, that uh, the third quarter against the Clippers early on in the year where Mike Conley didn't have like 18 points in a quarter or something like that. I mean, there there have been little blips here and there. But I don't think we've, we've seen this Jazz team play at its best really yet. So maybe not a surprise that they're still figuring stuff out even against the Hawks but honestly you know and this is the difference maybe between this year and last year whereas last year they really had to dig their way out of the hole out of a hole this year they haven't played at their best necessarily but they're still 17 and 11 and right in the middle of the playoff picture with uh, with you know considerable injuries guys being out not having your full team uh, trying to figure out the bench um, so yeah it's a uh, it's way easier to deal and learn and grow being able to pull games like that out than than dropping them. And the Jazz have figured out how to win the games. Those last two, they were in the balance. Yep. I mean, it could have gone either way. Both of them would have been really, really tough losses. The Jazz figured out how to win. Should we just take a second to remember how awesome that dunk was for Donovan Mitchell uh, in the game against Orlando that uh, basically turned the game that around? Was, it was Jordan-esque, man. It was amazing. Like I went back and watched that you know like everybody else a lot it 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 really was where he gathered where he took off from how he continued to to rise the guy you know dunked over a big guy and uh and got the whole arena kind of reinvigorated well we heard Quinn allude to it a little bit and I think I honestly think that this year has been a challenge for Donovan Mitchell as he learns to be a leader because he's dealing with some different stuff right and incorporating some veterans and he's uh, Quinn was talking about how he has to figure out when is the right time to turn it on and and you and I were both watching that that fast break play where Joe Ingles got a steal and Joe threw a lob to Donovan and Donovan did that tricky behind the head tap pass to Rudy Gobert look Look, Donovan could have gone up, highlight reel dunked that sucker, you know, one that you put on the resume, and he decided instead to re- reward the big man running down the floor and and show that, you know, hey, we're an unselfish team, and I could have had a real Sports Center top 10 moment here, but you know what, I'm giving it to Rudy because he was hustling. I, I think we're seeing him learn how to, you know, when to affect games and how to be a real leader on this team, and it's, it's, it's interesting because Donovan's so charismatic and outgoing and you love the personality, but that's not... Uh, being a leader can be so much more than that or is so much more than that and I, I think we're seeing curious I think we're seeing little decisions like that tap pass that actually say a lot uh, without using words and one thing it, it is a little bit of a a lot bit of a balancing act for him um, you know he he is the face of the franchise um, and he he in my opinion, you know, they, they won the game night because of him. One thing I would love to see the Jazz do is come out um, with – because they really have not started games great. I mean, you think about all year long. And, and so really that's kind of the next little test is um, they're winning these games, which is awesome. Uh, they've found – they've gotten better, you know, for instance, on the glass. But there's that's that's the nature of a season. You have things you that you get really good at and, and things you've got to improve upon. That's one thing I – as I watch just starting the games and being locked in, that's a little bit of a challenge right now. And I think maybe that's part of the balancing act because – 
you know, Donovan want to come over, come out immediately and dominate the ball. It's got to move a little bit, but I think that's where everybody else has to kind of figure out how the, how they can help start the games better. Let's take a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships uh, throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating fifty dollars for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you tonight. Uh, the Jazz had eighteen assists. On 39 made field goals, uh, they were led by Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles that both had five assists apiece. And uh, Joe had a, you know what, he's had a good run. He's really turned his game on since stepping into the starting lineup uh, with, with Mike Conley out of the lineup, and he's doing a little bit of everything. I don't see the hesitation. You know, I don't see the... The kind of being unsure like we saw early with Joe and that's we know Joe's at his best when he's playing on attack um, but I do think there is something to him having the ball in his hands a little more uh, and it's something that as they continue to progress as they get Conley back just something to keep in mind because um, he does do a great job of playing off the ball screen with great pace and his vision's great he doesn't just you know, he doesn't predetermine where he's going with the ball. He has a, a real good feel for either hitting the roll or skip. He does a great job uh, with his pace off the ball screen. By the way, it is a final now. Milwaukee did beat the Lakers 111-104. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Hawks 111-106. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Hawks tonight 111 106 behind 30 points from one Donovan Mitchell, who certainly took over down the stretch. Uh, let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebounds program at the end of the regular season safe light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all the proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house as usual tonight's master of the glass was uh, rudy gobert who had 13 boards tonight four offensive rebounds but uh big ups to uh bogdanovich who had nine rebounds tonight tim royce o'neill had seven boards tonight joe ingles with seven rebounds and as you noted earlier they out rebounded the hawks uh, 53 to 40 big night on the boards tonight for the jazz and that was an issue right that that was an issue that has been an issue uh so you can see that the the things and i think it was rudy that said you know we lost a couple games because of our rebounding and that's something that we focused on and you can see you can see the improvement um the fact that guys are hitting people and will block out and then those numbers across the board that's the way the Jazz are going to have to rebound this year, uh, and they've adopted it and, and really kind of embraced it, and that's great to see. I especially thought we saw Royce get a couple of those rebounds that you're talking about. And, and remember, we found out before the season started when we got actual uh, height measurements, Royce O'Neal is, is only 6'4", and he plays a lot bigger than that, which is, is really impressive. And so much of rebounding is physicality. It's just being able to 
understand angles and then throw your body around. Um, and, and the Jazz have a, a group of guys who are pretty versatile. So uh, I agree. Royce went and got a couple tough rebounds. Boyan has gotten markedly better at being physical, and that's, that's a big part of being able to rebound the ball. Speaking of Royce O'Neal, he's standing by back in Atlanta in the locker room. Back in the huge fourth quarter. So what is that showing showing you guys? Uh, just how much resilience we have. You know, always fighting to the end, not giving up any possessions. Take me through that fourth quarter rally and just the mentality, the determination, the focus. Uh, I mean, everybody just locking in on defensive end, you know, getting the important stops that we needed, and then coming down on offense end, you know, getting fast break layups or executing the half court, you know, closing out possessions. Could you feel the energy from you know, the block that you got down the stretch as well? Well, is that steel? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, it turned everybody up. You know, the uh, crowd got into it. You know, and then we fed off the energy. So you and Donovan obviously known each other for so long. What is it that you see in him when the light switches on and he just takes over? Uh, oh no, he be shooting the ball too much. I'm not <laughs> but you know, he just, you know, he just, uh, he's a closer. He likes to create at the end, uh, whether he has his own shot or you know, kicking it out to somebody else. I mean, uh, we trust him with the ball, then make plays for either himself or everybody else, basically, in the offensive end. Last thing I want to ask you, Justin, we talk about the spacing, the ball movement on offense. I know in the first half was different than the second. What did you see as the difference there, and where do you guys want to be with that? I think just us getting comfortable, you know, uh, reading situations, reading plays, uh, you know, whoever's a high guy, try to get them going. Like really just spacing out, you know, uh, passing the ball, moving the ball around, getting easy shots for each other. That was Royce O'Neal, and uh, Royce back in the starting lineup tonight, obviously with the injury to Mike Conley. He had five points on two of four shooting, Tim, but did have nine boards. We were talking about that. Had two assists, three steals, and spent a lot of the night uh, matched up defensively against Trey Young. I think one thing interesting to watch with Royce O'Neal is uh, his volume of shots, and I think made this comment the other day on DJ and PK. I was on with them, but he's almost the barometer for how the ball movement is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say tonight, him only getting four shots, the ball movement wasn't probably great. Um, he's a guy that probably with his ability to shoot the three uh, and the spacing the Jazz have, if they do get you know, clicking, he's a guy that probably gets six to eight shots, and that's probably where you want to see him. Um, but totally agree with Quinn, with Jake, with what you said. He did a great job on, on Trey Young, which is a really difficult cover. Um, and, you know, you can see the the growth that Royce is making night in and night out. I wonder how hard it would be um, to, to be on this Atlanta Hawks team. You know, we've seen teams go through rebuilds. We saw a, a rebuild around here not that long ago. And, you know, it's kind of a, a, a difficult process. And this was a team that I thought would take a step in the in the right direction. And, and the truth is they just haven't. And, and Trey Young's really good, and, and we're going to see what he can do in his career. But the rest of this roster is young, and frankly, the, the players that aren't all that young are, are not uh, that terrific. I mean, Evan Turner is not in Portland for a reason. Jabari Parker, you know, he can score. His defense is a little bit rough, and he's bounced around over the past couple of years for, for a reason. And without Collins, who's a terrific player, I mean, they're really going to build around Collins and Young, and then whichever of these kind of young rookies we saw tonight will will pan out. But it's got to be it's got to be a pretty tough process for this Hawks team. And actually, as hard as they play tonight, you do have to give them some credit. Yeah, they they're they're definitely still engaged. They're playing. You know, there's some reports in the local paper there in Atlanta that there's kind of some, 
you know, got grumbling in the locker room, which, you know, you lose games, you're going to grumble, you're going to be frustrated. And, um, but to me, they're two games away from getting John Collins back. He, he will have sat his 25 games. So it'll be interesting when he gets back and gets in the lineup, how that affects them. I do believe they're, they're looking at a pretty long year. Um, and there just isn't, again, the veteran backbone that you need to succeed in the NBA. Well, you never want to say a, a season is over, but, I mean, at 6-22. and 22, It's over. There's, there's probably no coming back, coming back from that, regardless of who they get back off suspension. So uh, I, I honestly did, and, and I was wrong, and they, they've got a lot further to go than, than I thought, but I thought they'd be more in the conversation of a team like Dallas, maybe not sitting at fourth in the East because Dallas is at fourth in the West, but a team on the rise that you're saying, okay, over the next five years, ten years, this, this team's going to be really, really good, and they're just not there yet. It's interesting because they won their first two games, and everybody's talking about them and Trey Young and how this might be, and then all of a sudden everything, the, kind of the bottom fell out. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's not an issue we have to worry about much here. Uh, we'll see him again one more time, I guess. Um, and again, it, it could have been a night where the things hadn't finished the way it did if Donovan wouldn't have taken the game over. This is one that would really have stung. So great for the Jazz to figure out a way um, against a team that certainly was overmatched. All right, let's uh, check, out, check out your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain American Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight was uh, tonight was not about the three-pointer for the Utah Jazz. They were 6 of 24, only 25%. Joe Ingles was 2 of 5 tonight. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier was 2 of 4. Uh, it got a little ugly after that. Donovan Mitchell, 1 of 6. Uh, Bogdanovich, 1 of 6. You don't see that all that often. Uh, and then you've got Royce O'Neal, Jeff Green, George Niang, all 0 for 1. But really, the the Hawks are so terrible at defending the rim. You you see the, the 24 three-point attempts for the Jazz tonight. Normally, we'd say that's that's low, but you know they atta- attack the Hawks where they're the weakest. And there's some maturity there. You look at that six for twenty-four. That's that's certainly not where the Jazz typically are. But you also look at the fact that they went to the line thirty-eight times. Mm-hmm. So they did not settle, and it didn't become a live or die by the three. They understood that uh, hey, we, if we attack these guys, we have an unbelievable size advantage. Uh, and the Jazz played to that. I think that number, 27 made free throws, 38 attempted, is a huge number and re- big reason probably why the Jazz won the game. And Rudy went to the line 19 times, which is amazing. But how about this uh, for a stat of the night tonight, Tim? Alex Len, the backup center for the Hawks, fouled out tonight in 17 minutes. That's not easy to foul out in 17 minutes. Yeah, you gotta be, um, you got to be very aggressive and – maybe uh, have a little bit of a penchant for gambling on that night. Wasn't he picked like third in Rudy's draft? Fifth in Rudy's Fifth? draft. And and actually, Adrian, uh, I'm sure you heard this. Locke had an interesting anecdote that I was unaware of, and maybe I just haven't been paying attention, but Alex Len's agent and Rudy's agent apparently had some sort of relationship because they worked out together uh, during the workouts for a lot of them. And, uh, and then Alex went fifth and, and Rudy went 27th, as we know. And so there's, but there's, uh, I don't know if like a, Locke alluded to like a wager that was made or something like that, but there's always been kind of this, not a not a heated rivalry per se, but a little bit of a a little bit of a rivalry because they they came up together, so to speak. So I thought that was interesting. And Alex fouls out in 17 minutes. I would say the Jazz got the better end of that bargain. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the Suns might have missed on that one. Probably why he's not still in Phoenix. Yeah, probably. And again, you you mentioned it, but just go down the the. There's a bunch of guys who it just didn't work somewhere, and now they're here. 
So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for the Hawks. All right, your final 111 to 106. The Jazz uh, beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll get Tim's final thoughts on this one. We'll look forward to the Charlotte Hornets as well. It's all straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz winners tonight over the Atlanta Hawks, one eleven to one hundred six. They move to seventeen and eleven on the season. They are six and eight on the road. The Atlanta Hawks fall to six and twenty three on the season, three and eleven at home. And the Jazz, uh, led by Donovan Mitchell's thirty points, Rudy Gobert added twenty to go along with uh, with his 13 rebounds. Tim, we'll get your final thoughts on this one coming up here uh, in a few, but uh, let's look forward not only to the uh, the Charlotte Hornets, who they're going to play coming up Saturday afternoon, which, by the way, love a Saturday afternoon game. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, but also Miami, who uh, they have to go to uh, Miami to take on the Heat next Monday night. So let's uh, look forward on this road trip a little bit. I would imagine... Uh, you would think that they probably are going to be favored uh, against the Charlotte Hornets, who are just okay this year at 13 and 18. But Miami's uh, probably going to be a different story. Yeah, it's interesting the, the way the schedule shakes out, too. They're basically just road tripping through the Southeast Division uh, with Miami, Orlando, Charlotte, and Atlanta uh, on this trip. But uh, definitely the, the Miami game looks to be the one that uh, will be difficult. But as you see tonight, even a game... You know, every game you've got to go out, you've got to play, you got to execute in order to get the win. One thing I always think of now uh, when the Jazz take on uh, the Charlotte Hornets, and I know that Michael Jordan, you know, the Jazz couldn't get over the hump in the finals. You know, Mike, not, not the most popular guy around here. But you know what? Jazz fans now should absolutely love Michael Jordan because if you, you believe the legend— um, and we actually talked to a guy who does uh, radio. He's one of our college football insiders. Uh, his name's Josh Parcell, but he also does radio in Charlotte, so he's he's really familiar with the Hornets. But uh, you know, he he talks about this. But that uh, that the Hornets really wanted to take Donovan Mitchell. They really liked Donovan Mitchell, and they were picking, I believe, two spots ahead of the Jazz. I'd have to go back and look. Is it one spot, Adrian? They were picking right in front of the Jazz, and they were going to take Donovan Mitchell, or the the pick that the Jazz traded for. Anyway, they were going to take Donovan Mitchell, and uh, Michael Jordan stepped in and told his folks, nope, Malik Monk is our guy. And lo and behold, they go for Malik Monk. The Jazz trade up for Donovan Mitchell with the Nuggets, and the rest is history. So if it weren't for uh, – it's two picks, by the way. Thank you, Adrian. Okay. So if it weren't for Michael Jordan meddling, Donovan Mitchell could be a Hornet right now. And see how everything, if you just wait long enough, everything comes full circle, right? All that pain and misery, uh, you know, that Michael Jordan caused this area, um, but he, he paid us back, you know, and that's the beauty of life, man. There's give and take, yin and yang. And I love the fact that we got Donovan Mitchell in Salt Lake. You know, one thing about Michael Jordan, I see, I'm not of the mind that uh, just because you were a great player, you will be a great front office person or coach or owner or whatever. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised that Michael Jordan isn't the greatest owner in the world, but he, he, he's not a great owner. I mean, ever since he took over the Bobcats and now Hornets, I mean, have they been good since? 
My my guess is he plays too much golf. Not and, and I'm being serious. Yeah, like there, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, does he really need? I mean, his legacy is secure. He, you know, nobody ever is going to wonder. Um, but it's one of those jobs where, um, yeah, you're either you know you get it, you're really good at it, or you're not as good and you play a ton of golf. Well, his draft record is. Brutal. Not terrific. It's brutal. No, I mean, Kwame Brown, Adam Morrison didn't take Adam Morrison with like the third pick, something like that. Yep. And then now, you know, we're talking about Malik Monk over Donovan Mitchell. And hey. Thank you, Michael. Maybe Malik Monk pulls the career out of the fire and he's not a bad player, but I'll tell you what, he's not going to be Donovan there's Mitchell. Of, there's a lot of catch up to do. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of catch up to do. But, you know, I, Jazz fans, maybe they can sympathize with the Hornets a, a little bit because, you know, Kemba Walker ends up going to Boston and they don't get anything in return. You know, losing your best player to Boston, something that you can identify with uh, or Jazz fans can, I'm sure. And then you look at this group uh, of of Hornets and, uh, frankly, being at 13 and 18, that's pretty dang good for this group. I mean, you look down the you look down the uh, the the roster. I mean, I know folks liked Marvin Williams when he was playing here, but I'm I'm surprised he's still on a roster. Nicholas Batum uh, might be the worst contract in the in the entire league. You know, Cody Zeller is an okay player. Uh, Devonte Graham is a nice young player, but I mean, there's just not a whole lot they're bringing to the table. The fact that they've gotten 13 wins is actually really good for this roster. Yeah, and it's 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 exciting to look at, and we talked about this. Um, the last broadcast, but it's exciting to look at the stretch the Jazz has now, uh, and and you wish that Mike Conley were out there and they were able to to continue to progress with him. But th- the schedule isn't is favorable for the Jazz, and it's an opportunity like tonight to be able to maybe not play your absolute best, but figure out a way to win. All right, Tim, why don't you hit us with a few final thoughts before we uh, put this baby to bed? Well, I think the, the most important thought is the Jazz uh, found a way to win the game. It's, it was one that, with a couple minutes left, um, was, could have gone either way. Really impressed with the closing, uh, the continued closing prowess of Donovan Mitchell. Um, he, he does get a, a, that kind of look in his eye, the kind of steely resolve to, to go win the game. And, and I, you feel like during the games he is the ultimate uh, team guy, but he it's really great that he's starting to see what time, <laughs> when the time is for him to take over. Um, and can't be more impressed with his fourth quarter. Felt like he, he did a great job of being aggressive, but also letting it come to him. Um, impressed with Joe Ingles tonight. Felt like Joe is, is definitely turned the corner. I think the Jazz have found something with Joe in terms of uh, getting him more involved um, handling the ball, and then you know Rudy was Rudy was Rudy. He he did a great job of doing what he does best, and that's being big, rolling, occupying guys. Um, Nineteen free throws, you know, says that he he was really involved. Uh, the play of the game to me is the one you bring up, though. Could have been a lob for for Donovan, but he he understands. Hey, Rudy busted his tail to get down the floor. I'm going to reward him. Uh, and those are the things you like to see. Those are things, the kind of endearing things that keep the, the chemistry really good throughout the year. 
111 to 106 is your final. 30 points tonight from Donovan Mitchell. 20 points, 13 rebounds for one Rudy Gobert. 19 points for Boyan Bogdanovich as the Jazz beat the Hawks tonight. We want to say thanks to Locke and Boone for bringing you all the action. Terrific work from them as usual. We want to say thanks to our broadcast assistant. Uh, thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Say thanks to our uh, sponsor of the post game, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And of course, thank you, Tim Lacombe. Always a blast hanging out with you and uh, always fun chatting with you before, during, and after the game. Yeah, well, and I won't see you. Uh, happy holidays, my friend. You got a big day next week with uh, the little one. I hope you have a great time. Um, and I also want to thank Bruno Fernando tonight. Um, he he brought some unintentional uh, comedy to the to the room in terms that we he did. Jake, your your ability to to recount that great ABBA song, Fernando. We we had some fun with that. We tonight. did. So thank you, Bruno. We we had a theme song, thanks to Bruno Fernando. Too bad he he struggled a little yeah, bit. There was tonight. something in the air tonight. <laughs> The shot's not quite right, Fernando. <laughs> All right, the next game, the Jazz take on the Hornets on Saturday. Tip-off early. Afternoon tip-off at 3 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 2. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.